Al-Bashir, your source of Islamic literature, presents the lives of the prophets, part two. Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah astafa Adam wa Nuhan wa ala Ibrahim wa ala Imran ala al-alameen. ذرية بعضها من بعض والله سميع عليم. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah chose Adam, Nuh, the family of Ibrahim, and the family of Imran above Al-Alameen. Offspring one off the other, and Allah is all here, all knower. Adam was chosen. Istifa. Istafa means chose. So Adam is chosen. And Nuh. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Al-Ibrahim and Al-Imran. With Adam and Nuh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned their names alone. Adam and Nuh. Inna Allah astafa Adama wa Nuhan. Allah has chosen Adam and Nuh. But with Ibrahim and Imran, Allah said Al-Ibrahim and Al-Imran. And Al means the family. So Adam was chosen. Nuh was chosen, and then Ibrahim and his family were chosen, and Imran and his family were chosen. They are offspring of one another, because Al-Imran are from the descendants of Ibrahim, and Ibrahim is from the descendants of Nuh, and Nuh is from the descendants of Adam. These are the chosen ones of the world. But then the chosen out of all humanity and all of the creation, is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Al-Ibrahim and Al-Imran. And Al-Ibrahim includes the ones who believed in the message of truth. Because we know that part of the family of Ibrahim are Al-Yahud. But they are not included in this because as soon as there is kufr, then the ties of relationship are cut. So they are not part of the Allah of Ibrahim anymore. And that's why Al-Bayt does not include within them Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab is not considered from Al-Bayt. Al-Bayt of Rasulullah are the ones who believed in Muhammad from his family. But the ones who did not believe, they're not included in Al-Bayt. And the same thing with Nuh, when he said, this is my son. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, he's not from your family, he's not part of your relatives to start with. Because he's an unrighteous deed. Al-Imran are from the descendants of Sayyidina Ibrahim and Al-Imran are the family of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam and that's the family of Zakaria alayhi salam and the family of Yahya alayhi salam. They are from the family, the household of Al-Imran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَتْ امْرَأَةُ عِمْرَانِ رَبِّ إِنِّي نَذَرْتُ لَكَ مَا فِي بَطْنِ This righteous woman, the wife of Imran, Imran is the name of uh, the father, he's the head of this household, his name is Imran. His wife said, Oh Allah, I vowed to you what is in my womb. Another is a promise and a vow that you give. Imrat Imran, she gave a vow, a promise that what is in her womb, she was pregnant, is for Allah. Specifically, that means that this child will serve in the masjid. Which masjid? Al Masjid Al Aqsa. In that time, they used to have men who were devoted to Khidmat al-Masjid. 
They were devoted to the serving of the masjid. The ones who would fill this job were men. They, they didn't allow women to take this job. It was for men. And they would live their entire life in the masjid and serve in the masjid. So Imrat Imran said, Oh Allah, I'm vowing my child to you, to the khidmah of a masjid. And I think these ayat that deal with the parents and children, uh, we need to reflect on them. We're not going to spend a lot of time doing this reflection now, but take this as a pointer and a tip when you're reading through the ayat of Qur'an, when you see the relations between the parents and the children uh, within the righteous families, try to think about it and reflect and contemplate. Over here, Imrat Imran is vowing her child to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to serve in the masjid. Imrat Imran, she was not thinking in terms of dunya at all. She wanted her child to go to the service in the masjid al-Aqsa. Not for a certain time and then come back to her and generate money. For the whole life. She wants her son, because this service is for men. She wanted her son to go in the masjid and serve in the masjid. I think we should learn from the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen. These are the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given istifa. And they should be the role models for us. We need to take care of the religious matters of our children more than the dunya matters because the one who is giving them rizq is Allah, not us. We are not the ones who are giving them rizq. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُهُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ In two ayat. One ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we give you rizq and we give them rizq. And another ayah Allah says, we give them rizq and we give you rizq. One time they were mentioned before us and one time we were mentioned before them. In all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is giving rizq. Allah is the one who created every human being and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created with the human being its rizq. We are not the ones who are providing for them. Therefore, we need to pay attention to the religious matters of our children. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Save yourselves and your families from hellfire. Save yourselves and your families from hellfire. Now, it didn't say save them from hunger even though we should. So Imrat Imran was devoting her child to the serving of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Masjid al-Aqsa. And then she said, Muharrara. نَذَرْتُ لَكَ مَا فِي بَطْنِي مُحَرَّرَ Free from all worldly work. If we just take the word muharrar, it means free. Freedom. This word, freedom, has been used by every revolutionary group in the world. Everyone is seeking freedom. Every movement of revolution comes under the banner of freedom. Freedom is a quality that every human being is striving to get. And over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us the definition of this astalah, the definition of this word. What is freedom? Because we all want freedom. So what's the meaning of this word? What's the definition of freedom? And we get the definition from the mouth of the wife of Imran. When she said that her child is going to be the servant of Allah, in the masjid of Allah, when her servant, when, when her son is going into servitude, ubudiyah, to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, she said, that is tahrir, that is the freedom for my child. Because if you are not a slave of Allah, you're going to be a slave of something else. If you're not a servant of Allah, you're going to serve something else. 
If you don't serve Allah, you're going to serve money. You're going to serve your desires. You might serve a king or a human being. The only way that you could be free, the only way that you could be free is when you devote yourself in sincerity and you serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the only way you could be free. And that's why Rabbi ibn Amr, when he went to meet with the Persian commander, and the Persian commander said, what did you come here for? Because the Persian commander knows the Arab people before Islam. The Arab people before Islam were disunited tribes, hungry, poor, and they were so poor they would eat the skin of dead animals. They would eat dead animals, but they would also sometimes eat the skin. And that was the stereotype that the Persians had, the Persian Empire had, about the Arabs of Arabia. You're so poor that you eat the skin of dead animals. What are you doing here in the Persian Empire? This is too advanced for you to come in. What are you doing here? And then he told them, if you, if you came here because you need money, I'll give every one of you a certain amount of money, and then he, I'll give your Amir double. Go back to your land. Rabbi ibn Amr said, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us so that we can deliver the, the creation of Allah from being slaves of each other to being the slaves of Allah. And from the narrowness of this world to the vastness of this world and the year after. And from the oppression of other religions to the justice of Islam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us to free you from serving each other to serving Allah. Because you are not now, you're not serving Allah, therefore you're serving each other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us to free you from this so that you could serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and stop serving one another. And this is the message of Islam. To free the human being so that the human being can be mukhlasan lillahi azza wa jal. Pure for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَتَقَبَّلْ مِنِّي أَوْ اللَّهِ أَكْسَبْتْ فَرَمْ مِي إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Oh Allah, you are verily the all-hearer and the all-knower. فَلَمَّا وَضَعَتْهَا قَالَتْ رَبِّ إِنِّي وَضَعْتُهَا أُنْثَى وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا وَضَعَتْ وَلَيْسَ الذَّكَرُ كَالْأُنْثَى When? She delivered her child. She said, Oh my Lord, I have given birth to a female child. Murat Imran, she had a female child. And females were not traditionally allowed to serve in the masjid. It was only for men. So she said, Oh Allah, I delivered a female. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wallahu a'lam bima wada'at. Allah knows better. What she delivered. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَيْسَ الذَّكَرُكَ الْأُنْثَىٰ And the male is not like the female. What does this mean? وَلَيْسَ الذَّكَرُكَ الْأُنْثَىٰ Imrat Imran, she wanted to have a son, a male, so the male could serve in the masjid. When she was not given a son and was given a daughter, she was upset. And then she said, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I have delivered a female. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah knows best what you delivered 
and the male is not like the female. This means that whatever male you would have delivered, that male would not be better than the female that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Because the female that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you is the best of Nisa'il Alameen. She doesn't know. Allahu a'lam bima wada'at. Allah knows better. All what she knows, Imrat Imran, all what she knows is that she delivered a female. But Allahu a'lam bima wada'at. Allah knows who this female is. And this female is Maryam alayhi salam. Allahu a'lam bima wada'at. Allah knows best what she delivered. وَلَيْسَ الذَّكَرُكَ الْأُنْثَى The male will never be like the female. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you a blessing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you the best woman that will ever live on the face of the earth and that is Sayyidatna Maryam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, The best of the women of the world are four. Maryam and Asiya and Khadija and Fatima bint Muhammad. These are the best four. And the best of them all was Maryam ibn, ibn Imran alayhi salam. Wallahu a'lamu bima wada'at wa laysa dhakaruka al-untha. She named the child Maryam. That's the name she chose for the child, Maryam. Rasulullah says, every child who is born is stabbed by shaitan. Whenever a child is born, what's the first thing that the child does when the child is born? Cry. The first thing they do, they cry. They come out, they come out, cry. Why do they cry? Rasulullah says in this hadith is in Muslim that shaitan stabs every child. And that's why the child comes out crying. And by the way, before I continue with the hadith, you can see how much shaitan hates human beings. From the moment you're born, he stabs you. As soon as you come out, he stabs. And he hates humanity so much. Uh, subhanAllah, who would like to harm? Who would want to harm such a lovely child? But this shows you the, 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 the evilness and the wickedness of shaitan. And it shows you how foolish humans are when they follow shaitan. Shaitan lakum adu, Like Ibrahim ibn Adam has given us advice. He said, shaitan is your enemy, so take him as an enemy. He's our enemy. From day one, he's our enemy. and We should take him as our, as our enemy. He is betraying the son of Adam. This happens to every child. There's an exception of two. Who are they? Who are the, who are the ones who are not stabbed by shaitan? Maryam and Isa. Maryam and Isa are the only exceptions. Shaitan has stabbed every child that was born. With the exception of Maryam and Isa, shaitan did not stab them. Why? Because of the dua of the mother of Maryam, and I seek refuge with you, Allah, for her and for her offspring from Shaitan. So the mother said, Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you to save my child and her offspring from Shaitan. So her child is Maryam, and who's the offspring of Maryam? Isa, and it stopped right there. There was no other offspring. So these are the only two who were excluded from this stabbing of shaitan. Rasulullah says when he wanted to stab Isa, Al-Hijab Al-Hijab is the uh, diaphragm. That's Al-Hijab. Uh, so Isa السلام, and Maryam were saved from this stabbing of shaitan. By the way, 
even though Christianity claims to be the religion of Isa, they are missing many of the details of the life of Isa to start with. And this is one thing that is missing. The issue of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has saved Maryam and Isa in their birth. And another thing that is missing, and it's one of the best or the most wonderful miracles that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Sayyidina Isa, is يتكلم في المهد, speaking at birth. This is not mentioned in the Bible. And this is a knowledge that the people who claim to follow Isa don't even know that Isa spoke when he was born. And these are some of the miracles of Isa that were mentioned in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَتَقَبَّلَهَا رَبُّهَا بِقَبُولٍ حَسَنٍ وَأَنْبَتَهَا نَبَاتًا حَسَنًا So her Lord accepted her with goodly acceptance. He made her grow in a good manner. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who was growing up Maryam in a very good way. And this is a proof and an evidence that Maryam, since her birth until the end of, his, end of her life, was always righteous, was always taken care of by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and was always on the straight path. This is Sayyidatna Maryam, Mary. And it's very important to note the fact that throughout her life, why? Because the Jews accused Maryam. They accused her of zina. They accused her of fornication. And they do not see Isa as being a legitimate child. And they accuse her of sleeping with a carpenter and all of these uh, uh, made-up, fabricated stories. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying the contrary, that Maryam, Mary, since her birth until the end of her life, was always a Siddiqah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called her Siddiqah in Quran. Siddiqah is a, an extreme form of righteousness, or it's a high level of righteousness due to an extreme form of Siddiq, truth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many ayat and, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in many ahadith told us about the virtue, virtues of Siddiq, truth. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that Siddiq, truth, leads to righteousness and righteousness leads to paradise. And the man would continue saying the truth until he's written in the names of uh, written by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as being a Siddiq. The more truth you say and the more truthful you are, the closer you are to this status, this station of Siddiq. And the best or the most prominent type of truth is being truthful with Allah. There's different forms of truth. Truth with the creation, truth with yourself, and then there's truth with Allah. The highest of all is the truth with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you are true with your covenant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does that mean? When you say that you are a Muslim, Truth with Allah means that you are true in that claim and you fulfill all of the terms of the contract between you and Allah. Because we have a contract between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the highest level of truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about the Sahaba that they are men. They have been truthful in their covenant with Allah. They gave Allah bay'ah. Ahd is a contract or ahd is a promise between you and Allah. The Sahaba gave Allah a promise. They gave Allah a, a, a they, they have a contract between them and Allah. And that contract is that they are going to worship nobody but Allah and that they are going to give Nusra victory to the religion of Allah. And they have fulfilled the terms of that contract. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about them, they are men whom fulfilled 
and have been truthful with Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, When Allah was talking about Sayyidina Isa, Jesus, Allah said, and his mother was a Siddiqah. So she have reached this level. And what is the next level above Siddiq? Nabi. That's the highest it could get. And then after that you get into prophethood. So we have, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَكَفَّلَهَا زَكَرِيَا She was taken care of by Zakaria, Zachariah. Ibn Kathir says that Jumhur al-Ulama, the majority of the scholars, say that Maryam is the sister-in-law of Zakaria. So the wife of Zakaria, her name is Ashia, and Maryam is her sister. Some other scholars say that the, she's, I mean, she's his niece, because they say that Ashia actually is the sister of the mother of Maryam. So there's a bit of a difference of opinion here, but it doesn't, it's an irrelevant difference of opinion. But we know that they are relatives. Zakaria is the one who took care of her. The way this happened, and just to refresh your memory again, that Imrat Imran, the mother of Maryam, she said, I'm giving whatever I'm going to deliver to the service of Al-Masjid. The Jews had this law or tradition that they would devote some men entirely and completely to take care of Al-Masjid, to service the Masjid, Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And this role was for men. But they accepted Maryam even though she was a woman. When she was very young, her mother handed her over to the care keepers of Al-Masjid because she came from this noble and blessed family, and by the way, the family of Al-Imran are the descendants of Dawood Because she is from this blessed family, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah astafa Adam wa Nuh wa Al-Ibrahim wa Al-Imran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we have chosen Adam and Nuh and the family of Ibrahim and the family of Imran over all mankind. So this is a very blessed family. Due to the fact that they are a very blessed and noble family among their people, Bani Israel, the children of Israel, everyone wanted to take care of Maryam. Everyone wanted that honor. So all of these men who are the keepers of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa are disputing among themselves who would have the honor of taking care of Maryam to raise her up because you have to go through training to take care of the masjid. So they were competing on who would get the honor of having Maryam so that they could train her for the position of being a, a, a caretaker of a masjid. They couldn't solve the dispute so they ended up casting lots. They used to cast lots. And by the way, this is something that the nations before used to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has replaced us with something better. And what is that? Salatul Istikhara. The nations before, they didn't know about Salat al-Istikhara. This is something reserved for the Ummah of Muhammad So they had to cast lots. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ذَٰلِكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الْغَيْبِ نُوحِيهِ إِلَيْكِ 
وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذْ يُلْقُونَ أَقْلَامَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ يَكْفُلُ مَرْيَمَ وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذْ يَخْتَصِمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, These are the news of the unseen. You were not with them when they were casting lots and who would take care of Maryam. And you were not with them when they were disputing. So they cast lots and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them, the lots come out on who? On Zakariya salam. And Zakariya salam is the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah chose him to take care of Maryam uh, salam. So Zakariya, he was the sponsor of Maryam and he would take care of her and he would visit her from time to time. But he used to notice strange things. He would come in to visit Maryam in her place of worship and he would find with her rizq. Rizq is provisions, sustenance from Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Quran mentions it as rizq. It didn't define exactly what it is, but many of the Mufassirin say that she used to get the fruits of summer in winter and she would get the fruits of winter in summer. And there's no refrigeration and these fruits were fresh. So it's winter and she would get fresh summer fruits. And it's summer and she would get fresh winter fruits. It is a miracle. And in Arabic there's a difference between mu'jizah and karama. Mu'jizah is a miracle that's given to the anbiya. And karama is a miracle that is given to al-awliya. In the case of Maryam it's a karama. It's a miracle that is given to the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are things that were happening frequently. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whenever he would go in and visit her, he would find with her rizq. So it's not once or twice, it's many times, frequently. And she's there in the room, and this rizq is coming to her. So Zakariya asked her, Anna laki hadha. Where is this rizq coming from? He's wondering, who's bringing you this? I'm the one taking care of you. And then this is strange, because this fruit, it's impossible to have in, 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 in Jerusalem in this time of the year. What was the response of Sayyidatina Maryam salam? She said, قَالَتْ هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ This is from Allah. And then she told him, and she's giving him this wonderful lesson in rizq. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَرْزُقُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the ones He wants without any limits. See what she said? Allah will give you without any limits. So it's limitless. The rizq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's no limit to it. We put a lot of effort in pleasing the boss, our children, our friends, we put a lot of effort in pleasing the ones around us. And sometimes we do that and we compromise the religion in the process. Now if we're doing that and we're keeping the terms of religion, alhamdulillah, that's Salat al-Rahim. It's fulfilling your rights toward the relatives and toward the friends. But sometimes we do it and we compromise the religion. We need to understand and believe firmly that if you please anyone, 
while you are upsetting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will make that person or whoever it is upset with you, and Allah will be upset with you. But if you please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the creation pleased with you, and when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with you, you won't need anyone else. See, that's the important point. We're trying to please too many people. But if we please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just pleasing Allah will take care of everything. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one whom if He's pleased with you, will give you without limits. Anything else is within boundaries and limits. Except Ridha Allah azza wa jal. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with you, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show you the meaning of His name Al-Kareem. Allah will show you what the meaning of Al-Kareem is. And Allah will show you what the meaning of the name Ar-Rahim, the merciful is. And Allah will show you what the meaning of a name Ar-Razab, the sustainer is. Allah will show you the meanings of these names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why As-Sahaba radiallahu anhum and the Anbiya, the Anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the, their followers, As-Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they had their goals set. And that is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they spent their life trying to achieve this goal. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ يُبَايِعُنَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ Allah is pleased with the ones who gave you the pledge of allegiance under the tree. And these are the 1,400 sahaba who came and gave the bay'ah to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, He's pleased with them. And that's the ultimate goal that one could achieve, is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if you please Allah, Allah will please you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you without any limits. When Zakariya alayhi salam saw this karama, miracle, happening to Maryam alayhi salam, he himself desired something from Allah. See, Zakariya alayhi salam at the time was old. His hair was gray. And his wife was barren. She was infertile. She would not give birth. Plus she was old. So it's even complicated further. And they had no children. When Zakaria saw that Maryam is receiving rizq in a time that is different because she's getting rizq of summer and winter and winter and summer. When he saw that the time is different, he made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him rizq even though the time is past. And the rizq Zakaria wanted from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a righteous son. With Maryam it was different time, with him it was past time. So he decided he's going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him this rizq. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately the following ayah after Zakaria visited Maryam and saw this rizq was her. The following ayah was, هُنَالِكَ دَعَى زَكَرِيَ رَبَّهُ Then, so when he saw what is happening to Maryam, then he made dua himself and said, هُنَالِكَ دَعَى زَكَرِيَ رَبَّهُ قَالَ رَبِّ هَبْ لِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ ذُرِّيَّةً طَيِّبَةً إِنَّكَ سَمِيعُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, At that time, 
Zechariah invoked his Lord saying, O my Lord, grant me from you a good offspring. You are indeed the all-hearer of invocation. You hear what I say. Zechariah notice here did not say, O Allah, give me offspring per se, but he said righteous. He said righteous. He doesn't just want to have a child. He wants to have a righteous child. And he made that dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Immediately the dua was accepted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The angels called him. When did they call him? When he was standing and praying in Al-Mihrab. Al-Mihrab is the place of worship. You, I think, would uh, get the meaning from this ayah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the angels called him when he was praying, it gives us the impression that Sayyidina Zakariya was constantly in a state of ibadah. Because how come Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said when he was standing and praying? It gives the impression that Sayyidina Zakariya was in a state of ibadah continuously. And he received this good news from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he was in that ibadah. And this is interesting to notice because you could try many things. You could go to the hospital to try to solve the problem. You could go and see a physician. You could take pills. You could try your best to solve this problem of infertility. But the news, Zakaria did not receive it when he was trying one of these worldly means to solve the problem. He received the solution of the problem when he was standing and praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He made the dua to Allah and then he stood and was praying to Allah and that's when he received the good news. Even though Zakariya made the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he had trust that Allah will accept the dua, but it was astonishing. It was astonishing news to him. What was the, uh, before we get into the next ayah, what was the glad tidings that was delivered to Sayyidina Zakariya? What did the angels tell him? They said, Allah is giving you the glad tidings of Yahya. Believing in the word of Allah. And what's the word of Allah here? The word of Allah, the word itself is general, but it has a specific meaning here, and, and that is what? Who is the word of Allah? Isa. Isa alayhi salam is the word of Allah. Kun fayakun. He's the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Yahya alayhi salam was born before uh, Isa. Nevertheless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that he will believe in him. Believing in the word of Allah. The word of Allah is Isa alayhi salam. Because he was created by the word of Allah. He was created by the word of Allah, B. And he became. وَسَيِّدًا Noble. وَحَصُورًا Keeping away from sexual relations with women. وَنَبِيًّا مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ A prophet from among the righteous. These are some of the attributes of Yahya. So he believes in 
Isa, and he is a Sayyid. Sayyid is noble man, and he is Hasur. Hasur, uh, Hasar is when you imprison or when you withhold something. That's called Hasr. So he was withholding all of his desires, sexual desires. It implies that he was a very strong uh, man in terms of controlling these desires which are natural in the human being. He had that strong control over these desires. And as mentioned in the books of Tafsir, Yahya السلام, never had any relation with a woman because he never got married. And a prophet from among the righteous. Zakaria, when he received this astonishing news, he asked a question. He said, He said, Oh my Lord, how can I have a son when I'm very old and my wife is barren? His wife is barren, so she never had children, and he's very old at the time. So he's wondering, how could this happen? The answer was given to him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالَ كَذَلِكَ اللَّهُ يَفْعَلُ مَا Thus Allah does what He wills. And if we think about it deeply, we would find that the creation of Yahya salam is not more astonishing than our creation. The only thing is that we got used to a certain way of reproduction. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who made the law this way. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can change it. So this is the answer that Sayyidina Zakaria received. Sayyidina Zakaria wanted a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will indicate to him that his wife is pregnant. He said he wants an ayah. Ayah means sign. قَالَ رَبِّ جَعَلْ ayah. Oh Allah, give me a sign. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he said, Oh my Lord, make a sign for me. Allah said, Your sign is that you shall not speak to mankind for three days except with signals. The meaning of the sign is that Sayyidina Zakaria would not be able to speak except dhikr. And this phase would continue for three days. So he speaks fine. And then suddenly for three days he lost the ability to speak and he was only able to make dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how can he communicate with people? He communicates with them by signs. He would make signs, illa ramza, except through signs. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him during these three days, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا وَسَبِّحْ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ And remember your Lord much, and glorify him in the afternoon and in the morning. And these are the time of adhkar. When do we make the dhikr of as-sabah? We make it after fajr. And when do we make the dhikr of night time? We do it after asr. And this is in this ayah, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ Remember the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the morning and afternoon. Uh, these were the ayats from Surah Al-Imran. Let's uh, read the ayat which are talking about the same story from uh, Surah Maryam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ذِكْرُ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّكَ عَبْدَهُ زَكَرِيَّا إِذْ نَادَى رَبَّهُ لِدَاءً خَفِيًّا قَالَ رَبِّ إِنِّي 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Sayyidina Zakariya, He said, My Lord, indeed my bones have grown feeble. He's very old. And gray hair has spread on my head. And I have never been unblessed in my invocation to you. He said, Oh Allah, you always respond to my dua. Zakariya said, I verily fear my relatives after me. Zakariya being the Nabi, he was the one responsible for the religious affairs of Bani Israel. Sayyidina Zakariya, when he became old, he was worried that there's no one qualified to take over after him. Therefore, he wanted to have a child that would be strong and capable to lead Bani Israel and to teach them and to bring them back to the straight path. So he said, فَهَبْلِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ وَلِيَّ So give me from yourself a year. يَرِثُنِي وَيَرِثُ مِنْ آلِ يَعْقُوبَ وَجْعَلْهُ رَبِّ رَضِيًّا Who shall inherit me and inherit the property of Yaqub? What inheritance are we talking about here? What is the inheritance? It is prophethood. It is not wealth. Because the Anbiya, Rasulullah says, إِنَّ مَعْشَرَ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ لَا We, the prophets, we do not leave behind any inheritance. مَا تَرَكْنَاهُ Whatever we leave behind is a sadaqah, charity. So here Zakaria wants to inherit to his son prophethood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O Zakaria, verily we give you the glad tidings of a son. Here we have another attribute of Yahya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we have given that name to none before him. His name is Yahya, the first person to be named Yahya in the whole history of the world was Sayyidina Yahya This was a new name that was chosen for Sayyidina Yahya before he was delivered. And this name was given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The name Yahya, the name Yahya was not chosen by Zakaria or his wife. The name Yahya was chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the one who named him Yahya. And he asked the same question, how can this happen when I'm old and my wife is barren? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, he said, your Lord says, it is easy for me. Certainly I have created you before when you have been nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, it's easy for me to create Yahya this way. You were nothing before. Just like you were nothing, it's easy to create uh, Yahya alayhi salam. Now, the following uh, ayat, or actually these ayat are also similar to the ayat of Al-Imran in terms of the, uh, his inability to speak. But what is different here is that even though he was unable to speak, he never stopped calling the people to uh, Amr bil Ma'ruf, making Amr bil Ma'ruf and Nahi al-Munkar. Zakaria, even though he was unable to speak for those three days, he did not discontinue enjoining good and forbidding evil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَخَرَجَ عَلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ مِنَ الْمَحْرَابِ then he came out to his people from his place of worship 
and he told them by signs to glorify Allah in the morning and in the afternoons. So even though he was unable to speak, he still was giving the people orders using signs that they should make dhikr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is an indication to us that we are in our full physical abilities and we are withholding Amr bil ma'roof and Nihal munkar. We are withholding da'wah, even though we are fully capable of doing it. Sayyidina Zakaria salam was not capable of speaking for three days that did not deter him from fulfilling his duties of da'wah uh, to his people. And this is an amazing, uh, this shows you the amazing devotion that the Anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next three ayat, or actually four, uh, talks about Sayyidina Yahya. Allah says, Ya Yahya khudil kitaba biquwa. Allah says, O oh, Yahya, hold fast the scripture. Khudil kitab. Kitab is the scripture, a Torah. Biquwa. What does this word mean, quwa? Here, here it says hold fast. But what is the meaning of the word quwa? Quwa is power and strength. That's the meaning of quwa. What this means is that you hold fast to all of the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you don't let go of them. So you never give up. And you never buckle down. You're always holding fast, holding strong to the commands of Allah. Yahya alayhi salam, because we need to understand the position of Yahya. Yahya alayhi salam is young. And he is going to be the Nabi of Bani Israel. Bani Israel who have went corrupt and went astray. And this young man will be responsible for this ummah, for this nation. Therefore he must have that strength and confidence and power. Otherwise, he would not be able to function and he would be swept away by the ocean of corruption that was existing in the time. Sayyidina Yahya السلام, never gave up this order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they never give up the orders of Allah. They fulfill them. So Sayyidina Yahya received this order from Allah and that is that he should hold fast and strong to the religion. So Sayyidina Yahya السلام, held strong to the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he ended up giving his life for the religion of Allah and he died as a shaheed. Because of holding strong to the religion, Sayyidina Yahya السلام, was assassinated. That was the end of the life of Sayyidina Yahya. It was a life of struggle, a life of striving, a difficult life. But Sayyidina Yahya was able to hold throughout that period with patience until he faced Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a shaheed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, now even though Allah give, has given him this very uh, strong responsibility or very heavy responsibility, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the tools and the ability to fulfill it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَآتَيْنَاهُ الْحُكْمَ صَبِيَّةِ We have given him the judgment and the understanding and the wisdom when he was young. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not overburden a person. Allah will not ask you to do something you're incapable of doing. Since Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put a very heavy responsibility on Sayyidina Yahya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also equipped Sayyidina Yahya with the tools to carry on with that responsibility. And that is al-hukum 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him this understanding very, very early on. And the Mufassirin uh, mentioned some things. For example, they say that Yahya was, very, was a kid, was a child. And the children came to him and said, let's go and play. Very young child. So Sayyidina Yahya salam said, ma khulqna. We were not created to play. So he was serious from his childhood. He was sympathetic. Now don't understand that strength means, I mean, because sometimes we misinterpret words. Don't think that strength means being extreme or being uh, rude or being rough. That's not the meaning of the word strong. Rasulullah was the strongest. But he was still the most merciful. With the believers, merciful and compassionate. Because sometimes we think that strong means that you have a very rough heart, uh, insensitive, have no sympathy, no mercy. That's not what is meant by strength. What is meant by strength is that you're holding to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely. Yeah, Sayyidina Yahya alayhi salam was, all of the Anbiya of Allah were sympathetic. But Sayyidina Yahya, that was a strong attribute of him. Some of the Fasirin say it means sympathetic towards his parents. Some of them say it's general. He was sympathetic towards all people. وَزَكَاتًا And he was pure. وَكَانَ تَقِيَّ And he was righteous. وَبَرًّا بِوَالِدَيْهِ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ جَبَّارًا عَصِيَّ And dutiful towards his parents and he was neither arrogant nor disobedient. Security and peace is important for us in our life. The most difficult phases are the transition phases that we go through. And we go through three transition phases. When we're in the wombs of our mothers, we spend nine months in the comfort and warmth of the mother's body. It's very cozy and small room, warm. So the child is comfortable. You never hear the child crying in the womb of the mother. When the child is delivered, the child is going through a complete different stage of their life. They're going from the nine-month stage in the womb to a completely different world. So the warmth and small coziness of the womb of the mother disappears. Suddenly you come in a completely open space. So the first reaction of the child is what? Cry. It's a difficult transition. It's that phase of transition is difficult because you're going to an entirely different stage. You're going to the unexpected and the unknown. And then we live in this dunya and we get used to it. Unfortunately, we, some of us get too much attached to it. We spend here some time and then it's time for us to move to the next stage. So we go through another transition phase and that is death. In Sakarat al-Mawt, the last moments, you find that the person is going through consciousness and unconsciousness and that alternates. That person is actually going back and forth in dunya, in and out. And that transition phase is slowly taking the person out of the realm of this world. Slowly, slowly he's leaving this dunya and the person is aware that he's leaving and that's much, much more difficult than the transition phase that we talked about before. Because you spent a long time in this dunya and now you're leaving to a completely unknown world and that is al-barzakh, the grave. 
And those are very difficult moments. And Rasulullah has spoken to them in the hadith and the ayat of Quran. Now the moments of death have approached you. That is what you're trying to run away from. You can't run away from it now. You're facing it. And here you are. You're going to cross the line. And as soon as you cross it, there's no way back. That's another very uh, critical and difficult phase of the human being. And then you are living in your grave. You have awareness. Even though your body can't move, but you're still conscious. And now it's time for you to go through the third transition phase, and that is the resurrection. And this is the worst. Because now you suddenly have a grave that is popped open. You crawl out of that grave, and you come and see an entirely different world. The sky above your head is cracking. The stars are falling down. The moon knocked out of its orbit. The sun right over your head. Mountains are exploding and turning into dirt. The oceans are catching fire and burning. There's an earthquake and it's cracking open. And you see people running around you as if they're drunk. So that is the worst. That is the worst of the three transition stages. And this is when we need security and peace most. Because these are the most difficult moments. I mean, when, you, when you read the description of what happens in uh, Al-Ba'th, it is something unbelievable, if we are able to comprehend it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Sayyidina Yahya a very, very interesting blessing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَسَلَامٌ عَلَيْهِ يَوْمَ وُرِدَ وَيَوْمَ يَمُوتُ وَيَوْمَ يُبْعَثُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and peace be on him the day he was born and the day he dies and the day he will be raised up again. See, in these three difficult moments, these critical moments, when you are in great need, in dire need of peace, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given that peace to Sayyidina Yahya. Allah has given him peace when he was born, the day he was born. And Allah will give him peace, gave him peace the day he died, and Allah will give him peace the day he will be resurrected again. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us peace. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. For further information, please contact Al-Bashir Publications and Translations at 1-877-745-3322. Or 303 574 0095. Our fax number is 303 373 0943. Or visit our website at www.albashir.com. That's www.al-bashir.com. You can also write to our address at 10515 East 40th Avenue, Suite 108, Denver, Colorado, 80239-3264. All rights reserved for Al-Bashir Company for publications and translations. No part of this series may be reproduced in any form without written permission from the publisher. Unlawful reproductions may prevent Muslim businesses from further producing quality programs. Your consideration is greatly appreciated. Jazakumullahu khairan.
Please proceed to the next CD.